Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, welcome to Go Home Bible You're Drunk, the podcast where we open up our Bibles and grab a our favorite beverage and cry, <laughs> cry, laugh, laugh, laugh to keep from crying, laugh to keep from crying. So my name is Justin. I'm a former minister, former evangelical, um, by most definitions, a former Christian. Although sometimes I still, I don't know. I like to put that old jacket on every now and then, wear it around the house. But I mean, I don't know. I like I like spiritual things. That's why I do this podcast. So that that's me. And my host also has a similar background. I do. Yeah. I'm also a former Tory, by the way. Also a former evangelical. For, former um, Tory. <laughs> former the former the person formerly known as Tory. Um <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, no, I grew up super fundamentalist and stayed in church for a really, really long time because I actually didn't know how to leave and leaving was really hard. And so that is part of why I feel really good about making this podcast because it feels kind of impossible to get out of those spaces or at least it did for me. I shouldn't project yeah. some people just I, I would smash agree. the eject button and they're gone. But I, yeah. yeah. I would agree for, for a lot of people. It is like, I, uh-huh. I'm trying to get, and when I talk about deconstruction and deconstruction spaces, cause there's not as much research as maybe I would like. So I'm trying, I'm trying to work on my language to be like, yeah, everyone's like me. It's not necessarily the case, but I do think for a lot of people, it's like, this is what I've always done. And like, who am I even if I leave this thing? It's kind of like, <laughs> this is going to be a terrible imagery. It's kind of like we were child brides in a lot of ways. Yeah, like just kind of married yeah. to this thing, and we're like, we get older, and, and some people get older, and they're like, this thing fits like a glove. I want to stay, but there's other of us, other others of us that are like, I, I don't know how to leave because mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know another way of being, but I'm in this like, what feels like a marriage, uh, <laughs> to this church that I don't, I, I, I don't want to be the bride of Christ. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. I was, I was texting with my sisters because her, one of my sisters, um, because her little, her, one of her friends has several kids and the oldest of which is 10. And he, the, the language that was used in the text thread was he just came out as non-Christian. Oh God. (laughs) This is amazing. Wow. Like, it was like, so I was like, I was talking, I responded to talking about my eight because my eight year old is like, 
kind of anti-religion. Like he just thinks it's really annoying and boring. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, every time it comes up, he's just like, I believe in the Big Bang. <laughs> like, okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good eight-year-old logic. Just go with that. Yeah. But my religion is the Big Bang. <laughs> also a thing you see. I mean, you actually fucking see it, but uh eight-year-old can't. So Yeah. Huh. So I mean, yeah, we're 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 evolving in our faith. And I feel like that's good. Our belief systems are, yep. you know, we're trying to use the the evidence that we have available to us to make good decisions that are not harmful. So that's who we are. So uh, this week in evangelicalism, there's a lot going on in some ways. And also it's also a little bit slow and slow news week. I guess it's a lot going on because there's like, there's these horrible anti-trans bills. There's some very like, you know, that, that one wizard lady is just, She's not even the one Liz wizard lady anymore. She's just like the queen turf, like mm-hmm. the wizard lady, you know, queen turf. Yeah. The queen. Yeah. She's like, when I think about the Harry Potter books, it's like another person wrote those. And then there's this other weird lady that showed up. And mm-hmm. anyway, lizard uh, people, the wizard people, no lizard people. Oh, she lizard. is a lizard people. Oh, she was replaced by a lizard person. No, I think maybe she's always been a lizard person. It was just an op. It was an op. Yeah. To get fame. Like it wasn't Queen Elizabeth. It was JK Rowling. Turf Queen. Turf Queen. Queen Turf. Maybe maybe we should bleep that name out. (laughs) It wasn't what? What? What are we bleeping? I said her name. Oh, no. I don't even know why I'm avoiding it. Shall not be named. Shall not be named. So I guess we'll bleep that out. (laughs) Anyway, so that's going on. But I don't know. I. At a certain point, I feel like it's like, okay, I don't want to necessarily, I just don't want to talk about. Anti-trans. Yeah, it gets really, yes, exactly. It's because it's, it's repetitive. It's, they, have the, they have one joke. They have, right. And they have no ideas. And it's just like, ew, that's weird. That's gross. You have like a mental illness. And it's like, oh, there's, only, there's only so many ways you can cover that shit. Yeah. Before you're like, just don't vote for them and, you know, support LGBTQIA folks. And make sure you include the T because I feel like sometimes they're forgotten. So there's that. But I, I actually wanted to maybe give an update on the Asbury revival that's continuing to evolve as of the day. Shenanigans. As of the day we're recording it. I think it's in its like eighth day. And I, I will just do a quick plug for the new evangelicals and Tim Whitaker. He um, he's there now kind of doing, you know, what is it do you call it on the ground reporting yeah like it's like a, he's he's not a reporter he's like his right. own thing he's a, he's but a, i mean it's kind of a form of journalism it is you a know, form of journalism going up and like yeah talking to people who are actually there is yeah yeah it's i mean it's a form of independent journalism for yeah. sure i got to know tim at an event i like him i respect him he's definitely more on the progressive christian side of things which i mean that's part of our audience too so but he he's had a lot of, I think, good insights into kind of the kind of evolving situation. It's wild because it, it's continuing to happen and they, they're continuing to meet. And I, maybe by the time this posts, which will be it will it, if it's still going, I think it'll be in like its 18th day by the time this episode posts. Who knows what will happen by then? But I, I find it interesting because national news outlets, particularly conservative news outlets, have started picking up the story of this like revival that's happening. And similar to what we covered last week about revival being this vague term, kind of what we had said was possibly going to happen is happening where 
you have all these now new, bad actors coming in. Uh, not even bad actors, just like, I don't know, tourists, like fucking spiritual tourists mm-hmm. coming in to just try to take. I mean, that was that's Tim words, like just coming in and just colonizing essentially and saying like, we're going to whatever this experience was. And I'm not even going to say it was fake. I mean, mirror neurons, that's not fake. Like right. that's, that's a yeah. powerful experience. So and I think. I think there are students and faculty that are like, this was a nice gift that we had for a while. And now like all these people have come in, all these tourists mm-hmm. have come in to try to like get them a piece of God mm-hmm. and, and also slap their usually conservative anti-trans spin on it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, God's pouring out his spirit of revival to like, I don't know, make white great again. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird to me because it's very, it's, you know that all of the people who are going there who don't belong there, I'll say, people who are not students, faculty, staff, etc. That's not true. I want to take that back. There's a lot of college students who are showing up from other schools, other which schools, yeah. people seemed really excited about. And I'm not going to I'm not going to talk shit about that. But a lot of the people that are like flying in, like they're posting about it everywhere on all of their socials. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's spiritual tourism. It's just about, it's just about consumption. It's not about having anything to give. It's just like, Oh, look, I'm a part of this cool thing that's happening right now. And like, that is currency in a way, like in our culture, like it just with social media just is It's like, Oh, I did this really cool thing. It's like sad Coachella. (laughs) Yeah, it is like the the evangelicals. (laughs) That's the best way. (laughs) Like a sad impromptu Coachella. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. With a giant plaque that says "Holiness unto the Lord." What does that mean? Don't know. (laughs) Are we just? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. That's you know, and that and that's honestly, I if I was a resident of Wilmore, Kentucky, I would be like, "What the fuck is happening? Like this is." insane I, i'm not gonna recap everything tim says about it you can go check it out on his instagram new evangelicals but i i appreciated that he has done a good job of centering the perspectives of students and faculty and the queer community that's you know such as it is uh, mm-hmm. at asbury 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 <laughs> and kind of their experiences i i think it, Again, we're not going to shit on people for having a cool experience, like at least that initial, you know, four or five days. But I am certainly going to shit on the people that listen to Tucker Carlson and are like, we're going to go there and we're going to take America back for God with whatever the spiritual juju we're going to pick up here. Those people can get fucked, honestly. Like, yeah, for sure. And I think that's that that is what I think it will eventually become. It'll be this. You know, like, hey, this was a nice experience that happened, you know, whatever, whatever happened, whether, you know, you believe God showed up or it was a gas leak or mirror neurons. We talked about that last week. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And I think revival movements have always been like that in this country. It's always been there's something some some white person is losing power. And so a spiritual experience happens and then to a group of people and we have to now capitalize on it to make it something i don't know interesting tori what do you think i'm i I don't know i mean thinking about like the like the first great awakening specifically and i mean it's it's all it's just there is something like there's there's still there's still like ego attached to it 
if, you know, for people that maybe don't know what the first great awakening is, oh, could you yeah. just like, I yeah. just explain it. So first great awakening was this movement in uh, the pre United States. So in the colonies and like, 1730 ish something 1730 something to like 1750 approximately which was yeah they're in so kind of this revival like preachers talking about people need to come back to god thankfully it was pre like america's a christian nation because america's not a nation yet yeah but yeah so the three the three main preachers in that particular revival were jonathan edwards wesley what's his name what's John Wesley. John Wesley. Thank you. Um, yeah. Obviously it was John duh, and George Whitfield. And yeah, they, that was, that was a real interesting crew of folk. And obviously it being the 1700s, it took a lot longer for like word to get around. Right. But I think Jonathan Edwards is very like hellfire and brimstone. God is very angry at you. And he was going to throw you into hell unless you repent. And like, I don't know why, but that was a compelling message to many people in the colonies. Reasons, question marks, no one knows. And so, yeah, but I, I guess the thing that I'm weirded out by, this kind of circles back to something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, is that this like makes people famous like revivals like make people fa- like certain people famous like it makes yeah. certain people money because it's like guess it's like you're having a church service every night you're asking people for money every single night like that's a lot more money than once a week on sunday yeah and, i don't know that's what i have been thinking about for days yeah and tim had reported that there were some local churches in wilmore that were offering like to be satellite locations of the revival but then they were like turned the revival off and asked for money. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. so, well, which, Hey, if you're a struggling church, you, you got to pay the bills, man. I, yeah, you know, that's, but, that's true. But yeah, the, the website of the seminary is like, please give us money. And yeah. So yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know. And also like when I think of revivals, like I think you know, people talk about like all oh, the Azusa street revival, but it's like, honestly, unless you're a student, at an evangelical university studying the history of revivals, what was the major cultural impact of the Azusa street revival crickets? You know, Mm -hmm. what about the Mm -hmm. last Asbury revival? What was the lasting cultural impact of that? You know, crickets, like there's someone on Twitter that was like, I was there in 2005 when a revival broke out at Asbury. Did anyone even know that happened? (laughs) I didn't. I didn't know that place existed until you texted me about it. Yeah. So, like, let's just be clear. If there's a lasting cultural impact of this revival, I have a feeling it will probably be negative. Like, yeah. But I also have a feeling it would have to go on for a couple years. Yeah, I think. It, yeah. I, I mean, even like, if it fizzles out by the time this posts, I like, yeah, this will be something that we're like right. a year from now. We'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that weird thing that people thought totally. was going to be a thing and never was uh-huh. like every other revival in this country. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say the Great Awakening, of course. I like and I don't even understand because that was like that was like, I don't know. It was like pre evangelicalism as we understand it. Right. I mean, there was very much like evangelism, but right. It was like stop drinking 
I know a lot of I know a lot of the revivals in, <laughs> in the U.S. were like, yeah. "Stop drinking, stop hitting your wife." Yeah, you know, Which, and not bad advice. Not bad for advice. Many people. <laughs> yeah, I we we talked about this like a I forget what episode it was about the town I live in being like the the head of the temperance movement, like the headquarters of the temperance movement. Um, like my town is why temperance happened. <laughs> <laughs> And Americans drank a lot of alcohol yeah, back then, yeah. like a lot of alcohol. There's there's like so, a pub crawl tour of of the town. Also, the, it's like, in there, Westerville, uh, called the like, Tipsy. Like the the speakeasies, or yeah, well, no, it's it's called it's, it's really uh, anyway, it's called the Tipsy Temperance Tour, and <laughs> you go around to the bars now that are in this town, but like you go to like all the different historical locations. I've I've explained it before, but. I just think it's like funny that like we we made it this thing and but like they were saying like how much alcohol Americans typically drank and it was it was a lot and not just like beer it was like like hard liquor hard liquor like nothing to do and you know so I I get the fact that it was like you you would see that all the time people too drunk or you know uh, men you know walk you know walking out of the coal mine three of their friends uh-huh. died that day straight to a bar like i yeah i could see medicating that tracks that tracks yeah. to me i'm fine yeah yeah that tracks uh, anyway so this country has a very odd history and you know again some things are good like hey n- don't hit your wife that's good the suffragettes would storm saloons with like hatchets for reasons start chopping for start start chopping people up yeah uh, for the Lord, chopping the people Lord. up for <laughs> yeah, the yeah the temperance movement, the suffragette movement, they tend or the women's suffrage movement, they tend to tend to they went hand in hand for a while. Yeah, it's just an odd history, and you know, I mean, I remember like studying revivals and and you know my church history classes, the first Great Awakening, the second Great Awakening, and of course, I mean, no one really remembers the second Great Awakening. It's like, was it even that great? Well, that's like, that was like the burned over district was part of that. That's the part I like is all the seances mm-hmm. and shit <laughs> and group marriage. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. Time out. Part of the second great awakening was like all of these cults. Yeah. That did really wild stuff like uh, group marriage. Yeah. I'm okay with this, actually. Well, didn't Mormonism come out of that as well? Or was yeah, it Mormonism a- came out of that. No. I don't remember the Oneida Society. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, was the one that I'm thinking of. And they, oh God, I don't remember the term that they used for it. But yeah, they were like group marriage. Everybody's married to each other or something. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure. But yeah, all the all the wonky stuff came from the Second Great Revival. Very yeah. here for that shit. I, I mean, think that's not maybe the, that not one the that one. stuff. Maybe that was why we don't that talk about it as much. Yeah, it was kept on the DL. Like mm, we don't talk about that one. Uh huh. Uh huh. So yeah. The first one was like you know, repent for the Lord. The second yes. one was like sexy times for the Lord. <laughs> I mean, there was like traditional like evangelical evangelism. I'm going to use that term that happened as well. But like, yeah, there was a lot of there's a lot of really bizarre stuff that happened during during that one but again it was like 20 years long or something word traveled very slowly back then yeah and, and that's and that's the thing like there's the that like it would need to have that kind of sustained movement um and 
religion in this country has always been a DIY kind of thing. And so, mm, yeah, you have yeah. this big giant, like the second great awakening. I guess we are, I guess we are talking about it. Like, yeah, there's this big upsurge in interest in spiritual things and transcendent things, but there's not like a cohesive structure behind it. So then you get like Joseph Smith, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to stare in a hat and talk to God. And people are like, Hey, he's talking to God, I guess. Let's go find the tablets. And <laughs> and yeah. And now they have their own state. Now, yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't intended to be a state. They were trying to leave the US. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah and yeah. the US sort of like fenced them in. Oh my gosh. Did you know that like the original before before they ever won the presidency, one of the original like party platforms of the the Republicans is getting rid of just getting rid of the Mormons. It was getting getting rid of slavery. Yeah, getting rid of slavery. I think and and polygamy. I believe it yeah. was referred to as like the twin evils. And I'm like, I don't know that. I mean, Mormon men, like, yeah, like don't marry any of them shits. But I'm just like, I think one of those things is not inherently abusive, and yeah. one of them is. Yeah, like I mean, there are ways to do polygamy that aren't terrible. There really aren't ways to do slavery that aren't. No, no, there's not. There's not. Sorry, Thea bros. There is no godly slavery. Nope. I love how often. Well, okay. So going back again to like first great awakening, this was, this was like George, George Whitfield had this whole thing about how he was originally opposed to slavery. And then he was like, well, I can't run my orphanage without the slaves. And so no, no (laughs) dude was fucking evil because (laughs) The colony of Georgia had banned slavery. It was the only British colony to brand, bleh, bleh, ban slavery, like pre-US, like pre-Revolutionary War, right? Only one. And they brought it back because George Whitfield wanted slaves to run his orphanage. Oh, fuck. And like the amount of human suffering that resulted from yes. like just that decision. Cause like, yes, if you know anything about like the history of slavery, you know, Georgia, like Georgia's like the biggest red flag in like a battlefield of red flags. Yeah. So, so much human trafficking, so much suffering. And like that happened because of one of the preachers, <laughs> one mm-hmm. of the most famous preachers during the great awakening, like he advocated for that shit. And then he's all like writing letters to his buddies being like, you should be nicer to your slaves, guys. Like, God doesn't like it when you're mean. It's like, okay, I think that ship has sailed, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I I also, just a bit of trivia about George Whitfield. I find it hilarious. I mean, not hilarious because, I mean, people actually are this, but that he's cross-eyed. Which, oh, really? Which, oh. which it's depicted in like almost all of his, like not, not the most famous picture of him, but in many other mm. pictures of him, it's depicted as he's depicted as cross-eyed. And I get that it's a real condition that people have. But like when I think of this fiery evil man, <laughs> and then you Google a picture of him and he's like all cookie monster eyes. Like I just Oh yeah. I just it it just I don't it's it's a weird image for me. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't he didn't wear glasses. How interesting. Nope. nope. How interesting. Yeah. They had glasses back then, but maybe they didn't have corrections for that. Anyway, yeah, yeah I guess they didn't that have, makes, they, that they makes didn't sense. Have corrections for being cross-eyed. Now it's relatively simple, but but yeah, 
George Whitfield, evil man mm-hmm. who happened to be cross-eyed. Not that cross-eyed people are evil, but no, no, cross-eyed people are not. But just not like evil. No, it just yeah, just um, yeah, the like yeah, like the power of these religious ideas just taking hold, and then yeah, like our history and and Georgia, especially it's it's a very racist battleground state to this day, like yeah. Mm-hmm. all because he needed slaves in his orphanages because you know he didn't want to pay people like well he just couldn't figure out a way to make it financially viable without taking people's labor from them by force yep. <laughs> yep so i bet you didn't learn that one at asbury <laughs> asbury's, a, asbury's a methodist school and george whitfield was a well anglican and methodist but Mm-hmm. yeah he was also like a street preacher originally because like the church of england was you know in charge of all the churches and he didn't get an assignment so he would just like preach like on the street and in fields mm-hmm. and just... yeah why are we ta- what was well what are we talking about i don't even remember what we're talking about anymore i clearly have finished we're, this glass of wine <laughs> we were talking about revival movements and then it just kind of like devolved into the devolved great into well, I guess all this to say, like, I I am very cautious about revival talk in this country, because when you look at like the, I mean, obviously, I, again, I don't know that this is going to be anything. I think it's going to be, right. but, but if it does become something, when I look at the history of the, the revivals that became something in this country, they, they had not good results. <laughs> mm-hmm. Either, either in slavery or in weird religions that are very abusive, like it. I saw, I'm so sorry, this is another tangent about Mormonism. Do it. I saw, Do it. I, I, I keep seeing like in random spots, like, you know, like at Target or, you know, some random stuff or like somebody's house, the like little plaques that say family is forever. And it's like, mm, that just like oh, creeps yeah, that's me Mormon out. Theology. Yeah, that's that's still, Mormon theology. Yes, it is. <laughs> like foundational Mormon theology. Like after watching Under the Banner of Heaven, like anytime uh-huh. I see like a plaque that's like family is forever or something, because I mean, I think it's just like a kitschy thing that you'll see, like I'm just, you know, some. No, stop. Okay, like, but no, like stop. Target has been intentionally marketing to like Christian mommies, and I want to vomit every time I go in there. They have more explicitly Christian, like explicitly evangelical stuff. So I swear mm-hmm. to God, that was not an accident. Yeah. So live, laugh, love. This is my, love consp- is this is my conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, live, laugh, love. Good it's vibes kitschy. only. Yeah, good vibes. Whatever. Families forever. No hard. That's no. a cult. That's that's some cult talk there. <laughs> All right, I I think oh we've God. we've yeah we've done it. We've covered it. Whatever we were covering. Kind of like yeah, uh huh. We did did the thing. So we're gonna stop for some capitalism, and then we're gonna talk about the biggest capitalist grift of all, the prayer of Jabez. <laughs> so all right, we'll be back. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Thanks for putting up with uh, some 
worship of what's what's the god of money? Mammon. Baal. Mammon. Mammon. Thank Mammon. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of our favorite gods here. It's not. <laughs> it's not at all. But we do appreciate you listening, sticking around. If you would like to hear the ads slash hang out with us on Discord slash maybe get a life verse from the Holy Spirit that or, you know, Space Ghost or whoever it is that you're into, you should go to patreon.com slash go home Bible and yeah. you can sign up for whatever tier is comfortable for you starts like a dollar an episode so yeah and then you can come chat with us post what you're doing what you're cooking because like man the people that listen to this show can cook i know what the hell yeah, like <laughs> I'm, just, I, I, I'm like in awe yeah we have Our like patrons can cook we have a channel like i think it's called what's cooking or something yeah that you know i was like oh people might be interested in sharing recipes or whatever no people are all in there it's great when you it's leave great. church you become a cook i think <laughs> that's what happens i think so too anyway you move again. on from casseroles yeah no Good more casserole stuff. country for me but yeah all that to say patreon.com slash go home bible you can get the episode sometimes you get the episode a little early but definitely without any ads and yeah and you get to hang out with us so yeah. No new patrons this week because um, we're actually recording this like a day after like we recorded. Two days like after. A day or two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes they come in that much, but you know, uh, it happens. But again, thank you all of our listeners for tuning in and mm, mm-hmm. sharing and liking and subscribing and all this stuff. Um, it's yeah, been it's been a great ride. So, Tori, you didn't know this, but you know, the reason this podcast has been so wildly successful is because before we set out to do this, I prayed the prayer of Jabez. Um, that is all of the success is due to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yes. No, I have to. I'm, I'm very inclined to agree. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what the book says. Yeah. Haven't read the book in 23 years, so I'm not 100% sure. But I suspect it says if you need your podcast to be like the number one podcast in like religion and, sle- and or comedy. Yeah. <laughs> this is all you need. This is all you need. Yeah, no. This prayer of Jabez. Yeah, so, man, we're going to go in the Wayback Machine again. Well, I mean, the way, way back machine, the prayer of Jabez is an actual prayer in the Bible. I'm just going to read it in its entirety. It's it's nestled away in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Don't read 1 Chronicles. Just Yeah, just read it. Word to the wise. Skip it. So Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. I don't know how to tell his mom this, but like all giving birth is pain. <laughs> like, yeah. what? She, she had a baby. She's like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think they, was going to happen? They ma'am? weren't joking. <laughs> Jake, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from evil. Keep me from the evil one. And God granted his request. And so, I mean, that's, you know, someone prayed a prayer and they got a thing. The end. That's that's what. That's all there is. And it's so, but a man by the name of Bruce Wilkinson in the year 2000, he found this verse that apparently had lying, they just been forgotten. And it's lying dormant. It's lying dormant. 
And he basically challenged people in this book. And it's a really short book. Yeah. It's, to it's pray the book. prayer daily and just kind of see what happens. And it really took off. I mean, because I was in college at this time. It was, you know, yeah, it was like a raging success. Yeah. I think, was it, I don't know, was it Mercy Me or some, I don't know, some. It Somebody was, wrote a song about song it? About it. You, yeah. Like, oh, really? Like, the, like the lyrics and stuff. It probably wasn't Mercy oh. Me, but I'm just going to say it's Mercy Me and someone can correct me. And if you don't know what Mercy Me is, you're fine. You're blessed. <laughs> Be blessed. But, you know, and here's the thing. Again, I'm not going to shit on people that prayed this prayer and got what they wanted. Like, you, you focused your intentions and you got a promotion. Good for you. But... I don't know that it was the prayer that did it. I think you just focused on a thing and you got the thing. And it, it's also a little, I mean, it's a little colonizer-y asking for, <laughs> can you enlarge my territory? Like fo- uh, all the territory's taken, man, for you to get yeah. bigger, <laughs> someone loses. But yeah, it just, it's a very like materialistic, honestly, very like bless me. Enlarge my territory. Bless me, daddy. Yeah, bless me, daddy. Uh, <laughs> got a little a touch of a kink. And so, I don't know. It. How many times do you think you prayed the prayer of Jabez in oh, your life? Oh, too many. Because was, there was like a challenge. Like I went to an evangelical school. So like we, we had, there was, like was a, a it was like a challenge. It was like a dorm challenge or something to like pray the prayer of Jabez every day. Like this is how oh, lame we were. Fuck, this is pre-TikTok. Oh my God. Like... <laughs> Yes. You know, I, I mean, I love technology. I love the younger generation. I hope you do amazing things, but I'm also so glad my adolescence and my twenties are not on video. (laughs) Like, uh, but I mean, it's a New York times bestseller made, uh, made boatloads of money. And tons of derivative works. There was like a journal. There was a devotional, like a whole study Bible. Oh, the prayer of Jabez for women written by Wilkinson's wife. (laughs) I just, oh my God, stop. Like, Um, why? Why? What is, what, what? Okay, cool. So, I mean, I think if we're like, if we were to be, we were to be like historically accurate, like, I think God just says no. If you're a woman praying the prayer of Jabez, <laughs> my territory, like bitch, my territory. What are you talking about? Like, no, yeah. that's not how it works here. Goes to the dudes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could pray to enlarge your husband's territory. <laughs> right. Oh my god. It's like fuck. This. Everything about this is so misogynistic. Yeah, it's so misogynistic. It's gross. gross. Oh, there was, yeah, a musical companion per Wikipedia. The Prayer of Jabez Music, a worship experience that was put out by Forefront Records. Yeah. Everybody was trying to milk this cow. Holy smokes. Yeah, I think that's my, like, my biggest thing is, like, it just became this capitalist machine mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. just just selling this book and and then and then but the whole premise is is like a prosperity gospel type thing like you know god bless me make me bigger like mm-hmm. make me bigger give me more things protect me from bad things like 
and again, like that's a normal human like desire, but it's, it's, it just became this monster. And what, I mean, I, I was very early in my college experience when it kind of came out and very, very like pop cultural evangelical. And so like, as I began to get more and more theological education, like later on in college, I remember like seeing like, oh, this actually isn't that good. What broke it for me or what made me, I laughed out loud when this happened. I was in Scotland. It was like spring break of my junior year of college, I think. And we just like, flights were super cheap and we went and we went into this like occult bookstore in Edinburgh, like, and not just like, not like kitschy occult bookstore. It was like, this was a legit kind of fun thing. And they had a bunch of prayer Jabez stuff over there. Like, but it was kind of like as a joke. They ha- they were selling it as a joke. I think that or they I, were just like, this is also witchcraft. Yes. I think that's what it was like. This is also witchcraft. And I was like, yep. Yep. This, this, I, I think it was, it was like simultaneously. This is also witchcraft. And also like touristy bitches will buy this. So put it out. Yeah. Oh my God. And we'll Justin. put the good stuff in the Like, cause it was one of those, like, yeah, there was like kitschy stuff in the front. And then they had like actually very like interesting occult items, like in the back, but, or like, you know, witchy stuff. But I was just like laughing. I was like, yep, this is just like, people are going to buy this mess and they're just going to eat it up and we'll make money off of it. So, and it, yes, it's also witchcraft. This is like, so the prayer of Jabez, like I kind of, a, the little tiny part of me, I know this is, but a little tiny part of me feels like secret was like a ripoff of the prayer of Jabez, just like yes. Jesus part. <laughs> because it was, it's like the same thing. It's like, whatever you want, you can have, you can have whatever you want. And like, the only thing that's keeping you from getting what you want is you. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like prayer of Jabez is very much like, just make this like i mean that's what that's what the book said and you were supposed to like make it part of your life whatever but it was it was to get it was in order to get stuff and i think that i can't remember precisely like what question was posed or what questions were posed in in the secret but it was very much this like what do you want like think about like what do you want right now if you could have you know yeah. basically if you could like make a make a wish like what what would you want mm-hmm. right now and it's all it's all consumption. Like all of the things that they put forward in whatever. It was like obviously the first one was the first the first one was a million dollars, right? Yeah. But it was I don't even remember. It was like big, bigger house, bigger car, boat, yeah. bigger boat. Like all and I something I was so struck by with that it made me it did make me think of because I'd never read the secret, like kind of reflecting on it and then thinking back to like prayer of Jabez it's all like it's all consumption and there's no framework or context for like just being content yeah with what you have like there's yeah. none of that there's no there's no like international best selling book that's a scripture verse about being content with what you have yeah that's like, that is a brilliant insight um but, it's just oh i need more stuff yeah give me stuff give me yeah give me the thing that i i want a promotion i want a book deal i want to own a business like i want to live in hawaii 
all of it is just like, how do I get more things? And I think that that's, I think that we've all like in the church and outside of the church, we've all been trained to just, we've all normalized that. Like our nervous systems have all normalized that shit. And I think it makes us very unhappy if I were to wager a guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you've never, you never arrive. You never. You're always striving forever until you die. Yeah. Until you die, you always have to be coming better. And I also, I I do understand self-improvement. Like I have just a drive for that myself, like just as an end in itself. Yeah. So there's, there's very little sense of play too, to like, I can just be shitty at guitar like and that be and that's okay and that's and fun. Be fine because it i i it delights me to do so there's very little of that it's you know no i i have to be good at this and if i'm not good at it then there's no point if i mm-hmm. can't sell it there's no point Ugh, if i can't gross, make yeah. money off it if it's not like a side hustle like i i probably said this a ton of times but it's it was just so gross to me. There was this guy that was like talking about, you know, working hard. He's like, yeah, you've got a nine to five, but you know, what about your six to 10? And I'm like, I, I don't want a fucking six to 10. Like I, I want, I also to- don't have a fucking six to 10 because I have children. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's and I also need childless. to feed myself. Yeah. 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 Not, I, dude. yeah I don't have a nanny, you know, I'm not like, <laughs> And I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't want to own the New York Jets. Like, I just want to live my life. <laughs> that reference is incredible. You know, like, I, sorry. I, I will say one thing about Gary V. One thing that I okay. actually like about him okay. is he's like, what I do is not for everyone. He's like, I'm crazy. Like He says yeah. it. And people still follow him and try to be him and end up like burning out. But he's, mm-hmm. he is very clear that, like, my things are for people that are like me yeah, and, or want yeah. to be like me. And that's not a life for everybody. That's true. I But, but I also that's like... What I, that's one thing I appreciate. It's missed. No one's... No one... So many people don't catch it. And they try yeah. to do the Gary V method and it burns them out. And yeah, but I, I will oh, I say... I know it was a method. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, he's got a whole... Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um. No, I mean, I think that really ties into like what we're talking about sort of very precisely, actually. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's constant like striving and like to to me, like self-improvement is very different from like, I need to get a promotion, you know, like I need to, I need to live in a bigger house. And that was, you know, for, I don't know, for me growing up and I've talked about this, but it's like, I, my parents theology and, and I don't, I, was very much rooted in prosperity gospel. And over time, that's become a lot more popular compared to like when I was a kid, it was just like TV preachers mainly. But that said, I think that, I think that this, I think the prayer of Jabez maybe like laid some groundwork for, for the prosperity gospel, like becoming more accepted. I went on to, I went on to Apple podcast and I typed in prayer of Jabez and like clicked on the, like I started playing like the first thing that came up because it usually puts it up in like most recent which is a sermon from a church i'd never heard of before and i was just like i'm gonna turn this on i'm gonna listen to this i want to see what people are saying about this shit like i'm very curious and it was all it was all just like the same 
consumery bullshit of like you want like god wants you to have more god wants you to have better like god wants you to be bigger and more successful and have more followers on youtube <laughs> it's like yeah i don't i don't if that's god's priority like fuck him first of all yes secondly like why would you worship that i don't get it yeah. um but yeah so this sermon was this sermon is ridiculous i sent i sent justin a text message about mm, 10 10 15 minutes in probably like 15 minutes because i listened to it at faster than one time speed <laughs> i was like yo so i started listening to this podcast i've already said oh bullshit <laughs> out loud as i'm walking <laughs> down the street <laughs> oh god um yeah i mean it was it was pretty it was pretty wild and like it like and it's it was very like culture war-y too which i thought was really interesting right like part of the prayer of jabez is is like the way that this guy the way that this particular preacher framed it it was like take take america back for god sort of yeah. oh for sure undertones and you know it was like if the prayer of jabez isn't working it's because you're praying it wrong so very much like shamey like mm -hmm. if it's not working it's your problem but yeah it was really interesting to like and thankfully this particular preacher like he, he claims he's been preaching a really long time and was actually like tolerable to listen to yeah <laughs> At least like one at one and a half speed, he was tolerable to listen to. But I feel like he was a really good communicator, which you know, in a way, kind of makes it worse because, like, yeah, he's saying all this stuff and he's talking about how, and he and you see straight up like own the fact that he's like a lot of people say prosperity gospel, like that's a bad thing, but like God wants you, God wants you to prosper, and okay, this is like this kills me. Okay, like in retrospect, like at the time, you don't know, you have no frame of reference for this, but this fucking kills me he's like god wants to bless you not so that you can like have more stuff this is what the pastor's saying or his argument not so that you can have more stuff but so that you can like give to more people mm. and i'm just like why doesn't god want people to be able to eat like why do i have to go through some dude who gets to decide whether or not i'm deserving of a home yeah like what is that about like i I hope at some point someone chooses to like interrogate that theology because I think it's bullshit. Yeah, like why do and it's like that that myth of the great the great man that's or the great mm -hmm. billionaire that's gonna yeah you know, save us like well and that's that's why we're like you know like electric vehicles like billionaires are gonna solve that like the, we maybe but like we 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 there are other ways. And they and they don't care. Like they don't yeah, actually care. They don't care. No. Um because um, it doesn't actually it doesn't impact. Yeah. And that's that's the the thing that we've we've created this narrative that like, yeah, the the mediator for wealth and prosperity is mm -hmm. the generous man. It, no, it's uh, like the deserving white man. Yeah, the deserving like the white, white man. dude who worked hard enough. Mm-hmm. Right. Whose ancestors Not, like, worked other people's ancestors hard enough. Let's be clear. No, no, no. Absolutely. 100% that. Yeah. Um, like, I really, really want, like I said, I really want evangelicals to like interrogate this idea though, because it's like God gives specific people who he's decided are stewards, right? Like this is how it's taught. Yeah. Oh yeah. When we're talking about like with I, Jesus, like parable of the talents or whatever. It's very much taught like God gives certain people certain things right 
mm-hmm. talents, cash, whatever, you know, there's a bunch of parables about this all like coming back to me because that person is supposed to decide who is and is not worthy of yeah. assistance. And like, why, why, why is that how this goes? You know, honestly, like I'm even thinking about like Boaz, right? Like in the story of Ruth of like yeah. the way that that was set up was, it was like this dude, like the rich dudes aren't supposed to like pick up all of the grain in their field or have their workers. They weren't working, pick yeah. up all of the grain in their fields. Cause they're supposed to leave it for people who were destitute and hungry and needed food. Um, and like, Sure, that's I think that's probably an okay system for like the ancient Near East 5,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But like, why is it still that? Right? Yeah. Because humans have biases that ostensibly God doesn't have. So humans giving a bunch of like, or God, excuse me, giving a bunch of like white dudes in the US money and being like, okay, go figure out who in Africa gets to eat. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, that's just, it's so that theology because it's never interrogated and i don't think it ever will be i would like that but i don't think it ever will be is so destructive right because it's like i get to determine because god has given me god's blessed me which means that i'm doing something right right this is the whole like donald trump mythology he's got to be doing something right god blessed him because he's got a lot of money he's got got money so he's got good ideas yeah yeah absolutely but like those those dudes have biases. God ostensibly doesn't. Like why why wouldn't God just be like, hey, I'll feed everybody? Yeah, like you like literally, if you're an omnipotent creator, you could literally just bless everybody. Yeah, because there wouldn't be a problem. It wouldn't be a problem. Like scarcity wouldn't be an issue if mm-hmm. you set up a culture in such a way that you didn't anoint single people as the arbiters of who gets to eat yeah you know and, and yeah. that's and again it's like oh okay yeah this is this is you know niche evangelical theology but this is also how they vote yeah like you know you're you know poor people aren't deserving because they don't work hard enough and if they were deserving they would not be poor yeah they wouldn't be poor like you wouldn't things would have worked out for them you know, you know and yeah it's so it's it's a theology that has these very real practical implications that need to be interrogated, need to be pushed back against, need to be, you know, when, when trends pop up, especially when trends in evangelicalism pop up, it's almost always some kind of capitalist nonsense wrapped in Jesus. Like that's, that's, you know, I was talking to somebody that was kind of like, Hey, why do you do this work? Like, why is it that you like you're out? You're like, why do you critique Christianity? Like, mm. why don't you just leave it alone or just focus on the good or whatever? I think their emphasis is more on focusing on the good, but whatever. It's like because this still causes harm. Like, and and that's and that's where I that's where I get very passionate. It's like this, you know. Yeah, I if this was just some obscure, weird, like sect in some holler somewhere in you know the panhandle of virginia i would i would go like oh okay that's you know that's that's sad i don't want those people to live this way but it's you know it's it's not really hurting a a large number of people but it's like no this is a pretty systemic and power hungry group of folks 
Yeah. Have duped a lot of well-meaning people. I don't think all evangelicals are evil. I don't think all Christians are bad, like not by any stretch of the imagination, but the people they give money to mm-hmm. and the people that they vote for and the people that they give power and influence to, like, you know, John MacArthur or whatever bullshit problematic person of the day it is, like that's the problem. You know, right. and as much as right. we can kind of poke fun at that, but also like maybe open people's eyes to like, oh, wow, maybe, hmm, maybe this has nothing to do with Jesus at all. Maybe this has nothing to do with love and goodness at all. It just has, it's just power and wealth, you know, and a candy wrapper that our egos like. Absolutely. I and mean, I think that like this, this phenomenon, it's just, like I said, I feel like it, it, completely parallels exactly what like the world like the secular world is preaching right mm-hmm. because yeah. they're both preaching capitalism like yeah. that is it capitalism for christians and capitalism for everybody else like that's mm-hmm. the, there's but it's it's still the same thing and you know and again i i wish i wish that more christians could be honest about that mm-hmm. yeah that the religion as it's practiced here in the United States is, is an economic theory wrapped in Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. It is. Yeah. And I think that, I think that like the prayer of Jabez was just really good marketing for that, like to that mm-hmm. end. Yeah. Right. That it's like, there's this entire teaching on this guy asking for more stuff and God saying, okay yeah like what what and you know bruce is like it worked for me clearly yes i can see that sir like you made tens of millions of dollars off of this fucking book like yes i understand that it did work for you most of the people who read it did not see any significant improvement in their lives yeah suspect yeah i Um, you know if you would have offered a money back guarantee hey there we go perhaps that would have been different. <sighs> well, we did it. I, you know what I want? I really want to do. I don't know how to do this. I'm not sure if this would be like an individual thing or like a or like a group effort. But because this is when we were talking about how this is like like witchcraft. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. I want to do like, well, I don't know. Maybe do a study. Maybe do a, like a control group and a prayer of Jabez group. And like a just make up your own vibes shit group and see what happens over the course of a year. It's like one group yeah. doesn't doesn't do anything differently. Prayer Jabez group just says the like four word prayer every day. And then like the third group makes up a prayer, but you're just praying to yourself, I guess. Yeah. Just like like asking for shit you want and just see what happens. I'm curious. That'd be great. <laughs> Can we like, can we like crowdsource a prayer for us? That's mm-hmm. just like, that's not, but that's not gross and consumery. Mm, a prayer that's not gross and consumery. That, <laughs> How does that work? For people steeped in capitalism. I don't know that that's actually hard. <laughs> I think that's why I stopped praying. It was like all my prayers seemed like, Ugh. I'm just asking. It was for- kind of self-obsession. <laughs> yeah. It was just the self-absorbed, oh like yes. navel gazing. I feel like I know myself more like, you know, meditating and trying to not like ask right. for what I want. 
And, and well, meditating, a lot of, a lot of meditation is just being content in the moment. And shockingly, that's actually healthy. Uh Um, Yeah. It's weird. It's weird how much it helps people. Honestly, mm -hmm. it's almost like contentment is good for you. Yeah. So we don't constantly need to be striving for more stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, Lord, just like make me content and my, my territory is fine. And there's not an evil one, so it's I'm not worried. I'm not being a paranoid fuck muppet about like <laughs> yes. some random demon out in like the universe. I'm sorry. The <laughs> devil doesn't care that I jerk off. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. It turns tr- out. Yeah, truly. If I was a cosmic being of light, I would not tempt people to jerk off. That's not what I would spend my days doing. Like they will do that on their own. Like yeah. I need to not get, like, I don't need to get involved in that. That's just going yeah. to happen. Like, like God, you literally made them, it, they can touch it with their hands, man. Like, like what did you think was going to happen? I don't have to do anything. <laughs> that's, that's on you. That's on you. <laughs> the masturbation is on you. God. Thought that through, man. I don't know. Clearly. Should have put it. I in don't that, know. Should have put the sex organs in that spot on their back they can't reach. Yeah. I swear to God, like humans are just fucking beta tested, and God has ADHD, and was just like, "I'm done with this project. I'm leaving now." <laughs> you guys are on your own. Yeah, just like he doesn't even remember we exist. Like, let's be honest. Yes. If you have the entire universe to like play with, like nobody remembered that no. they left us here. No. <laughs> Whoever it was, they don't fucking care. No. oh man all right well on that note (laughs) indeed indeed be content um it's okay to masturbate i guess that's that's and and also try yeah masturbate and then also try meditation if you haven't very an m word for contentment because i really wanted to do like a meditate masturbate and (laughs) something moderate there we go All right, everybody, may you meditate, masturbate, and moderate. There we go. Yep, that's the one. All right, that's it. All right, we're just going to leave it at that. All Uh right, have a good week. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.